This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And thank you to our special sponsors, iris.co.uk. Martin, you saw a great video just recently from Iris, didn't you? Yeah, well, I think people don't know Iris is they were ahead of the game for MTD phase one because they were the first software there to be listed as approved by the HMRC TD filing. And guess what? They're fully prepared for the next. So they've got an MTD webinar on demand that you can catch up with at any time. Rob, where do they go to to see this? It's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. That stands for making tax digital for our international listeners. And there's some great stuff there that you need to know to guide you through the whole making tax digital initiative. So iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Right, Martin? That's right. So wherever you are in your journey, Iris know that they have the knowledge and tools to help you in the next steps. That's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Now, welcome to the show, and I'm thrilled to have with me today, all the way from the other side of the world, it's Mark Jenkins. Greetings to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. It's nice to be here. Well, we finally got it together, Mark, and it's lovely to have you on the show. For people that haven't come across you and what you do before, just give us a little overview of your background and your areas of expertise. Chartered accountant, had my own practice for 25 years, and then after a while, I got a little bit bored with just doing tax returns and annual accounts and really wanted to influence more small business owners, so decided to sell my accounting firm and work exclusively with other accounting firms coaching them and as a result of that I formed a company called The Gap uh, which offers business development services and training and education to clients. Uh, What kind of shape do you feel the accounting profession is in right now? I'm pretty excited about what's going on in the industry right now. I think the main issue that we've got is that we've got a real opportunity right now to reinvent ourselves. COVID and the various stages of lockdown that everyone's in, it's creating an opportunity for accountants to re-engage with their clients in a much better way. And I just think the more we can do this, it's going to educate our clients mm. more and close this disconnect. I'm seeing a real opportunity here for accountants to reinvent themselves. And they have. They've pivoted and changed and done all sorts of great things. But this is a real opportunity to help small business owners to understand the true value that, that an accountant can offer. Yeah. And certainly COVID is accelerating things. But when you talk about this disconnect, what have clients traditionally thought about their accountants? Well, there's probably a bit of rhetoric around this and there's probably some pretty staunch views one way or the other. My view is that most small business owners don't see their accountant as someone who can help them to run a better business. Right. Having said that, I think there are lots of accountants who are helping their clients to run a better business and breaking the mold. So part of the problem, I guess then, is that accountants are not educating their clients on exactly what they do, how they do it and how they can help them. Is that it? And if so, why? Why is that so important? Yeah, it's interesting, the idea of staying relevant to your clients in this changing world that we're in. There was a really neat podcast I listened to recently, a webinar actually from Hinge called Inside the Buyer's Brain. And a key statistic that came out of that for me was that where people thought that they were buyers of professional services and over 2,000 buyers were surveyed and where people thought that their accountant was relevant to them, they were 86% likely to refer more business to that accountant. 
Whereas if they didn't think they were relevant, in other words, they're just providing compliance, that sort of thing, they're only 50% likely to provide a referral. But more than that, they were much more likely to be looking for another accountant in the next sort of two or three years. So I think it's all about relevance. And so education is one of the great ways for accountants to stay relevant with their clients. Why haven't accountants educated their clients as you're talking about, Mark? Is there a complacency or an arrogance about accountants sometimes that they have an elegant business model with recurring fees and it's all so easy and they're they're needed in what they do? No, I wouldn't say accountants are arrogant because I'd be talking about myself if I said that. But um, <laughs> I'm I, talking I think, about other accountants, obviously. Oh, exactly. Oh, well, that's just, yeah. Let's, the main issue here is that accountants are super busy doing the do. They're doing the compliance work. Right. Probably a little bit to do with a lack of formal training in sales, which is where you come in, of course, is that because they are not trained in how to sell, they assume that because their clients aren't asking for help for these other things, that the clients don't need them or don't want them. And because their clients are buying the grudge purchase, the annual accounts or the compliance work, Mm. they assume that's what the small business owner wants. And there we have this disconnect because these small business owners associate their accountant to someone who provides them with great compliance and tax savings and all that sort of thing. They don't see them as somebody who can help them to run a better business. And and look, I'm talking generally here. There are lots of accountants who are moving in this direction and doing this work. And it sits really nicely alongside the compliance work. But the education is two ways. We've got to educate our clients so that they will understand not how to run a better business so much, but really to understand what the accountant could possibly offer them. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, what areas do you feel clients need to be educated on? What do they need to know about their accountant? Yeah, that's a great question. And if I refer back to that webinar inside the buyer's brain, they looked at the top five areas that small business owners were looking for help with. And number one was attracting and retaining good team members. And I know there are lots of accountants who are looking to do that themselves. Mm. Um, So that's all about how do you provide a great environment for people? So have a good plan, align those team members' plans with your business plan and educate them and train them, that sort of thing. The second thing that they really needed help with was planning and structure. And the third area was cash flow and finance, that sort of thing. And certainly right now, that's going to be really important. So that was a survey of 2,000 buyers of professional services. So that's a very clear indication of what people want. My personal view, the sorts of things that business owners were looking for were certainly help with cash flow, certainly help with understanding their numbers, maybe some help with some tax technical things, though I never got many people coming along to tax technical courses. But really, it was about how to run a business better, maybe some help with leadership or getting the best out of their team. So just kind of take your accountant's hat off and think like a business owner, what are the challenges you have about running your own business, sales, marketing, you know, the, the different departments in your business. So heaps of things and really interesting work to do as well. And you're talking about the realm of advisory here, aren't you? It's beyond the stuff that needs doing and the stuff that adds that extra value. Absolutely. And in New Zealand, we refer to advisory as business development. And I know I could open up Pandora's box here if I talk about <laughs> advisory. And so we won't do that. But I talk about Forbes's definition of business development, which is to provide enduring value through products, services, and relationships. So if we're going to provide some enduring value, our education needs to be about skills that a business owner will have for life. So that's things like how to sell or how to market, how to understand their numbers and their cash flow and their financials, that sort of thing, because that's going to empower them. And I think the other thing is when it's that two-way education, it's educating them about what the accountant can offer. The flip side of 
of this is that it's then enabling the accountant to sit alongside or sit side by side or virtually across the, the Zoom screen with clients in the environment we're in now and come up with a solution to the problems the clients have that they wouldn't have come up with on their own and that the accountant can't tell them about. If the answer were that simple, the business owner would have already come up with it. So the idea here is that combined expertise of both parties is going to give a result that's better than either could achieve on their own. Yeah. Can you give us some examples of where you've seen client education being successful? Yeah, so I think in the current climate that we're in, yeah, certainly webinars are the ones that, that are working really well. We're seeing great success with firms that are running webinars consistently and regularly. The sorts of results they're getting are attracting new employees to the firm, which is an unexpected consequence. They're attracting new clients who in the current environment are saying that they're really quite frustrated that they haven't heard from their existing accountant. I mean, I've had friends of mine that used to be clients of mine ringing me up saying, Mark, are you going to start your business again because I haven't heard from my accountant in the whole time since COVID's happened. And I've been talking to accountants and hearing the other side, they're saying, we are so slammed. We are so completely out of control. We've got so much going on. We haven't got time to reach out to our clients. So the idea of a webinar is a great way to get that message out to lots of people all at once. Yeah, it gives you scale for sure. And you bring up an interesting point. Even here in the UK, there are many businesses that have not been served well by their accounting firms in the current COVID pandemic, perhaps a lack of proactivity, perhaps lack of organization and intentionality, perhaps a lack of knowledge. But for whatever reason, loyalty is going down and clients are crying out right now for help and solid advice, aren't they? Absolutely. And you may have very loyal clients. They're loyal, they trust you, and this is this trusted advisor, but they don't see the accountant as someone who's going to help them to do better in their business. Yeah. And so it's not a complacency I know how challenged and how busy and how difficult it is. All the, the lockdowns and the furlough and the accountants are super busy right now. So it's about creating the space and the time to be able to do this because you truly believe that it's your role to help your clients to do better. And then I know many of the listeners will be thinking, well, that's all well and good. I'm really flat out at the moment. Converting that into a paid service rather than trying to give off the cuff answers on a quick email or a quick phone call because that's actually doing your clients a bit of a disservice. Mm. And you're starting to tap into the results now that accountants get from being more educational and advisory-led with their clients. Obviously, it creates more loyalty, which you've mentioned, but there's upsides in revenue, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And I guess what we want to do here is make sure that we're playing the long game here. We're not looking for instant results. You know, If we're going to start running webinars and client education, we're moving the needle. We're looking for a 1% change. And if we're constant and consistent, you know, Einstein's law of compounding, you know, 1% better every day for a year and you'll be 37 times better. So we're moving the needle slightly. So the idea here is not, I ran one webinar and I only got 5,000 pounds worth of committed work off the back of it. If you did that, by the way, that's a fantastic result. If you, <laughs> if you got nothing off the back of it, don't be worried about that because you're moving the needle. So the results, sure, will end up in many of our GAP member firms that are running webinars are seeing great results, great conversion. They're they're attracting new clients. They've you know, had one just recently, um, you know, six out of the last eight proposals have been accepted. And, and I'm sure that was all to do with that positive branding that comes across from that client education. Mm. And what do you call it client education? Could we call it thought leadership? Could we call it content creation? Are, are all of those in the same box for you? 
Yeah, I don't really like the thought leader. Most people that call themselves thought leaders are are just doing that as part of their marketing. The key message here is that you are there to solve problems for your clients. And, And to solve the problems, first of all, you've got to find out what they are. And to find out what they are, you've got to engage with them more. And then you're really just closing the loop and together solving those problems. And so it comes back to education. And then off the back of that education, having a strong call to action, what do people do next? How do they engage with you? How do they find out what the next steps are? You talked about how busy accountants are, and for sure they are putting out fires right now. They're being called the fourth emergency service. They are standing in the gap between everything that's happening with the medical side of things, the government side of things, and these poor businesses that are struggling to survive. But they are overloaded. So have you got any tips for accountants that need to create the time to be more strategic and advisory in their approach? Yeah, one of my favorite sayings is uh, what you can say yes to is defined by what you say no to. So I know when I had my own accounting firm, when I had a new client, it was like, oh, wow, this is really exciting. I'm, I'm bringing in a new client. Hmm. And my client selection criteria was you know, probably heartbeat and wallet. Um, and in fact, my debt collection skills were so poor that it was just heartbeat because they didn't pay me very well. And then, and then I was thinking, oh, did I do estate work? So they didn't even need a heartbeat. So the, my main point here is that we're not particularly good at saying no to the wrong clients. If we say we want to provide lots of client education, but the only work we're taking on is compliance, then we're never going to have the time to be able to do this work. And then the second really valuable tool that I used in my own firm was what we call the achiever matrix. It's the matrix where you've got whether it's urgent or important. And in the the bottom right, you've got something that's not urgent and it's not important. And it's actually a quadrant of waste. And it's a bit confronting for me to sit here and say to listeners that perhaps they're wasting their time. And so let me just share where I was wasting my time. So I was wasting my time in meetings because I didn't have a clear purpose for the meetings. I didn't have an agenda and I hadn't set a timeline. So a meeting that could be done and dusted in 45 minutes was taking me an hour and a half. So that was a waste of time. And I'd kid myself that I was in denial that that was actually providing value to the client. Where are we wasting our time? Another place where we waste time is on emails and social media. The average time people spend in social media once they go in is 20 minutes. What about meetings? Let's do meetings that we stand up in the meeting rather than sit down. We'll be quicker that way. Limit the meetings to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So be brutal with your time management and also think about that quadrant two, that quadrant of quality where it's not urgent, but it's super important. Our education sits in that quadrant. So let's commit the time to doing that. Commit the time to planning and and our own plan and our own uh, recreation of our business, set that time aside and, and as if it were a client meeting. And just a couple of other things that I did that freed up some time for me and you know, listeners can decide which ones of these are going to work for them. I delegated my annual accounts review meetings with clients and had my senior team members do that so that I could then have a better quality meeting with the client talking about the future. And the second area where I freed up time was I taught my team how to review sets of financial statements so that my review time really reduced as well. So I know many listeners will be thinking, I can't do that. And I thought I couldn't do that. I thought I'd lose lots of clients. And when I recreated my business in that way, I lost one client and I gained plenty. So it was that, that worked really well. Yeah, they're great points. And when we talk here about business development, it's not so much the advisory stuff, but it's building a pipeline of opportunities. And accountants say, we're too busy doing the doing, as you say, doing the fear and in charging the hours. We haven't got time to go out and do business development. But when we do do business development, it's 
quite open-ended. You're talking about client education, running webinars, creating content. There's no immediate revenue from that, is there? And where do they go with that if there's not an immediate response? Just remember you're moving the needle by 1%. I used to have clients who would refer clients to me and the new clients would come in and say, oh, Michelle said that I should come and see you because you run lots of seminars because I wasn't running webinars in those days. Michelle's never even been to one of my seminars. Mm-hmm. But the, the point was that she saw that as proactive. And so she was wanting to refer other clients to me because that would make her feel good and she wanted to be associated with success, that sort of thing. So again, just think about the long term. You're not necessarily going to get revenue straight away, but you're going to build your brand. And that building of your brand is going to do lots of things. It's going to help you retain team members. It's going to help you attract team members. It's going to attract new clients. It's going to make sure you stay relevant with your existing clients. It's going to give you content that you can slice and dice in many different ways, maybe put it out on YouTube, on social media. And so you're actually building content that can be used lots and lots more times. You can put it on your website. So think widely about client education, not just webinars. I mentioned webinars, but think about how you can repurpose that content as well. Yeah, that makes good sense because accountants might get disheartened. I'd put a LinkedIn post up and only four people saw it or I didn't get any comments or likes or I ran a webinar and the registrations were low and the conversion was low. So have you seen any strategies to lift that engagement, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good question, Rob, because in the lockdown right back in March 2020, when we started and with the worst of this and when webinars were being run, everybody was at home. They were in lockdown. They're like, we need help. These are business owners. We need help. So we're going to jump on the webinar that if our accountant runs it. So registration rates were really high. We're getting literally hundreds of clients showing up. And so many accountants thought, boom, I'm on to the next best thing. Run a webinar 48 hours beforehand, put one piece of marketing out and I'll fill the virtual room. The reality is now we need to be thinking about two weeks of marketing, different social media channels. People need six touch points before they're going to engage with you. So you've got to get on the phone. You've got to ring some clients. You've got to get some social media posts out there. You've got to put it on on your email signature that you've got an event coming up. It's got to be on your website. And so run your traditional marketing to get the right number of people showing up. It's not going to be one email that's going to cut it. There are so many emails going around right now. But most importantly, the trusted advisor ringing the clients and saying, you need to come to this. I've been thinking about you. This is really going to help you. So did you see that email? Do you want me to send it to you again? Yeah, that's really good. And clients definitely need this stuff. They don't always respond to it in the best way, but goodness me, now was a time for accountants to stand up and be that trusted advisor, whether businesses are struggling or they're doing really well and taking advantage of opportunities. They need that accountant, don't they? Absolutely. And I talk about our core purpose at The Gap is accountants accelerating small business success. And success right now might be survival. Success might be getting that bounce back loan or might be understanding what the break-even sales position is, a minimum viable sales for their business right now. Mm. And that could be changing with the various lockdowns as well. So let's find out what our client's definition of success is and then help them to achieve whatever that is. And what would you say to accountants, Mark, that say, hey, look, I'm not a marketer. I didn't come into this game to sell and market and I haven't got 
the content creation skills. I'm not a writer. I'm not particularly a speaker. That's the marketing department's job. You're talking about them taking ownership of this and producing stuff, running it themselves, aren't you? Yes and no. Most accounting firms now are outsourcing to some extent. Yeah. You know, they're outsourcing their compliance. So that frees up capacity. In my view, they should be considering outsourcing marketing as well. And so there are various providers of marketing content, that sort of thing. At The Gap, we write hundreds of articles and we put them onto, for example, the BOMA platform. And so that's a, a way that accountants can outsource their marketing. I don't believe you can outsource selling because I think selling is a skill that you need to learn, especially if you're that trusted advisor. But there is content out there. I mean, we're not here to talk about The Gap, but I wrote all my own content in my own accounting firm and it took me seven or eight years. So it's a massive amount of work. So look to subscribe to somewhere where you can get that content. And the key point here is to just be thinking about what your core purpose is. So my core purpose in my accounting firm was unlocking business potential. I just thought, what do I need to do to unlock the business potential amongst my clients? And that was provide some client education. Then I had to write my own because the providers that I was working with helped me with sales and marketing, but they didn't help me with the content. So I had to write my own. So that's the advantage of the gap now having that content. Yeah. And accountants should know what to write about, what to speak about, because they're talking to clients every day. They should know those pain points and those problems because they should be asking questions about what those clients are caring about. Absolutely. There's a wonderful principle that I subscribe to called the FGG principle. Yeah, find out what your clients want, go and get it and give it to them. And so if <laughs> we like think that. about how do we find out what they want? Well, we have to ask questions. Mm. So we have to have meetings with them saying, look, how satisfied are you with the service we've provided? How could we have helped you more? Are there areas that we could have served you better? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? What are the goals you're trying to achieve? And actually right now, where do you see yourself in the next 12 months? Yeah. And what are the problems and challenges that are getting in the way? And then how can we work together to overcome those problems and get to those goals? That's just a simple principle. You don't need a whole lot of content there. You've just got to ask better questions. So that's how you find out what they want. Let me just close the loop on the go get it and give it to them part of the FGG principle. Go and get it. You then need to think, okay, am I going to write that content myself or should I subscribe to it? So my recommendation is just subscribe and then you can write a little bit yourself, you know, the little social media posts, that sort of thing. But here's the key. You've got to do the last G of FGG. You've got to give it to them. So don't fail to implement. Don't subscribe to something and then not change anything. Don't outsource your marketing and then fail to deliver because your clients have poured out their hearts to you, what they need, what they actually want. So make sure that you deliver. Do whatever you have to do. Open the door of opportunities to those C and D clients that don't pay you so that you can free up capacity to give your clients what they really need. Yeah. Mark, this is terrific. If people want to find out more about what you and The Gap are doing, then what's a good way for them to reach you? Yeah, so best way is just on my website, thegapportal.com, two Ps in the middle of Gap Portal. We've got resources on our website that you can download. There's client education information in there on the resources page. So plenty of opportunity there to find out more, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And presumably you work with accounting firms internationally, don't you, even though you're in New Zealand? Absolutely. We're in eight different countries with The Gap. The main thing here is that we want to be working with accountants who want to accelerate small business success, who want to stay relevant to their clients in arguably their time of greatest need, and who want to implement better ways of running their own business so that they can get the three freedoms themselves, time freedom, financial freedom, and mind freedom, and get the same for their client. Yeah, that's terrific. So Mark, would you leave the accountants listening with uh, what you consider to be best practice in client education? 
what would you say to them to get them started? Look, I think the first thing to do is to work out what you want from your business. What is it that you want? So put your plan together. And that plan is most likely going to be providing a proactive service to your clients. Get some accountability around how you do that. So I really love the idea of having somebody to hold you to account to put your plan together. And part of that plan needs to be client education in some form. But link that education to the services that you want to offer at the back end. So if there's things like planning, forecasting, or coaching, then run educational events that will link to that so that it's not a product push at the end of the webinar, that it's very obvious that you're educating them to help them to understand their numbers better and you offer them a know your numbers service or a financial awareness coaching service off the back of that. Mm. So keep it simple, pick one or two areas to focus on and implement really powerfully. Yeah, and let's try a little bit of negative motivation. If accountants are not willing to do this or can't do this, what's the forecast for them, Mark? Oh, look, I'm not a doomsday sayer. I don't think compliance will ever die. The reality is that firms who do this work are going to pick up the best employees. They're going to pick up the best clients. And what that's going to do is that's going to strip out the value of the accounting firms who don't do this. And so the risk for them is that they don't achieve their succession plan or that the people that they had in mind that were going to take over the business from them will jump ship at the last minute. And I've seen a lot of that. So I'm not a doomsday say, I just think that we've got to get on the front foot here, stay positive, focus on what we can do, You know, take some ownership of the fact that we owe it to our clients to help them to run a better business. Mark Jenkins, that's been terrific. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Rob. It's been a pleasure. This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.